0: it, hit record, that's it. Welcome to the Shrewsbury with Biscuit podcast, I'm Alex Whiteley, and uh, today we're bringing like a, <laughs> I don't know what this is, um, <laughs> but we're going to, so, so we have, me and my friend, my guest today, we're having a conversation about podcasts, and he was like, I need to know everything I need to know about podcasts, so I was like, okay, we'll do a, is that your phone, just chuck it away, I'll put it on airplane mode, because otherwise it messes up, um, and we had a conversation, and he was like, I need to learn about podcasting, and I was like, okay, well, let's do a podcast about podcasts. So this is this is our little podcast workshop that we're doing. So if you want to start a podcast, which I encourage everyone to do. There is no competition. There are like 8 billion people, 16 billion years.
1: <laughs> this is it. Well, let's have a bit of context. Tell the good people of the world how we met. We met in prison. <laughs> it's not as bad as it sounds in fact it's worse <laughs> probably <laughs> actually this is Stuart Goodwin or Stu uh, and uh, you're a good actor thank you're you good, you are a good actor I think you're fantastic because well there's no acting is there it's all real I <laughs> think that's what we did I was just talking to somebody over in Telford about it. they Said do you work with actors in the prison. I said they're not actors but they're the best actors I've ever met because Actual they're totally real <laughs> they're delinquents <laughs> they're the sort of dregs and dross and they're brilliant and it's such an amazing community vibe, isn't there? It? It's like, a, yeah, yeah. you know, we all hate each other and love each other. And um, I always say that um, if I could sample what
0: we, the chemistry that we have when like, we're getting ready or at break time or when we finish, whatever, right? if I could sample that and put it in a bottle and give it to people it would just make people happier in the world
1: I, just, I want to do that you know well i kind of figure that um although we're in prison the paradox is it's it's we're freer in that prison than we are on the outside and people are coming in side and paying good money to have a prison experience and it, it's incredible isn't it to have yeah, a yeah. real prison recently decommissioned and we get to play in it it's the best film set on Earth, and they recently yeah, filmed that the, the, the prison thing there, time, didn't
0: they? Time yeah. with Sean Bean, I'm going, I'm going. I killed somebody.
1: Absolutely, uh, yeah, yeah, I,
0: yeah. I don't know. I'm going. to going prison.
1: So it, it, Sean Bean's been there. Everybody's been there, as anybody. Most haunted in Coronation Street. Coronation Street, but we get to Hope play in see. it on a regular basis, and the stuff we get up to is pretty more radical than they do. Yeah.
0: And it's not, it's not an easy role either. It really isn't because, I mean, like the role I'm playing at the moment, which I can't say too much about it in case you want to buy tickets to prison break and it might ruin it. But my role is I, I cover nearly, I think it's like 6K or something like that. It's like four miles or something. We walk up and down, up and down, up and down. It's about 16,000 steps. I don't know what that equates to, but
1: um, and it's high octane. You're on, on the whole time. It's a prison break. So it's a kind of Cluedo, you've got to break out, but you've got to interact with the... Well, I don't know what you'd call the the kind of... We're yeah, not the really immer- actors, the are we? immersive. Yeah, the immersive uh, people. You know the NPC characters you get on a video game that come up to you and talk to you and you can't do anything to you? That's yeah. what we are, basically. This is it. And, and the thing of it is... People in these role plays go into some radically crazy, quite dark, funny, exhilarating places, and we never know what's <laughs> going to come out of anybody's mouth. And he is dangerous. In, in, Me, you are dangerous, but in, in a really exciting, funny way. And you know, there's, there's, there are actors who prepare and they learn scripts and everything's on stage. On yeah, and, and and here, it's just what comes into your head in the moment, isn't it? And it's mm. it's really free. So anyway, back to podcasts. We've we've sort of pimped. No, at, I think I. Actually, I want to I want to just explore you,
0: right? Okay, because okay, you do an interest. You have an interesting job, and I don't. I want you to explain it to me because I don't.
1: I nearly swore then truly <laughs> understand it, what you do. You're like a tour guide. Yeah, or I'm a tour guide in, in Scotland. So I sort of take people around the Highlands and Islands of Scotland's, uh Scotland, and it's just an amazing job. And when I'm not taking people up. And around and sort of showing them castles and locks and mountains and forests in wilderness. Then, uh, if I have weeks off, then I'm just climbing mountains and and going out there on my own. So, it's the most exhilarating thing you could do for me because you know when you're on mountains and you're on your own and you're in a blizzard or a hurricane or a storm or it's snow, all you've got is your own person to get yourself out of that and the elements. And the amount of times I'm just on a kind of on a on a knife edge, and you know death to the left of me, dead to the right of me. Every, if, if you make a wrong step, you're dead. And there's something really exhilarating about that.
0: Yeah. So, I saw a video of some guy doing that, that really dangerous path on Snowdon
1: where it's like really narrow. Yeah. And I was just like, what? I didn't even realize that path existed. And yeah, I mean, there's upon just coming off of Ben Nevis, there's something called the Jericho Jaricaret. It's like a knife edge ridge and it's like going along a dragon spine. And I came off of it night, I came down and it was like, the sky was pink and there wasn't a, Breeze, there wasn't a breath of wind, and you sort of hop from rock to rock to rock, and you look down either side, and you feel totally alive, knowing that you know, if you misplace a foot, you can plummet to your desk. And people regularly do, but it's so exhilarating. Obviously, I don't necessarily take clients into those locations, I go uh, pretty much on my own. And, and for me, having that kind of break into the wilderness and into The most beautiful country in the world. You know, I mean, you know, eagles flying above you, stags around you, grouse and ptarmigan. I mean, you're in paradise and there's nobody there. And for me, it's one of the last true wildernesses on earth. So to do that and to tour around and we do this, we used to work with a company called Flashpack. And we do these high octane kind of uh, three, four day events. So people would fly to Inverness. I'd pick them up, we'd take them for a walk, they'd go canoeing, they'd do canyoning, axe throwing, they'd be <laughs> shooting clay pigeons, and they'd end up in a castle doing a bungee jump. I mean, this stuff was just like crazy, radical fun. The canyoning in particular, you know, they put you in these wetsuits, you get you get a very quick introduction to, uh, to abseiling. And within half an hour, you're in the river, and you're, you're sort of jumping into pools. You're kind of edging along rocks. Uh, you're abseiling down waterfalls, and 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 suddenly you're not like walking down a river system. You're in it. So it's all about getting back to the nature and the elements, and and uh, just clears your head. So I have like six months of the year doing that, and then I kind of drift back down into England in the winter to of. do yeah, and I do my sort of acting jobs. You know, I mean, I work as santa from six weeks of the year doing just, this things. is
0: gonna sound really daft but i've got no I've, I've been genuinely thinking about it i think i'd be a good santa i
1: mean i think boy- you would be perfect you've got the right body shape i think you've got the right personality you just have to turn splinter down a bit all right, <laughs> all right you what can't. do you want for christmas <laughs> <You can't. laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you can't terrify them. I would be like, I'll be asking kids what they can give me for Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You'd be sort of like twisting them. Yeah. And uh, no, you've got to be gentle. So the, the kids entertain. I do kids' parties as well. So I kind of, you know, I'll dress up as like Dumbledore Bordeaux or I might be La La or, or Tinky Winky or Jack Sparrow or, you know, whoever. And I'll go and run kids' parties. I mean, I think a couple of years ago I was Batman one week and I was like Super Mario. So it's like every day. You, Mr. Ben, it's a different costume, and you get a postcode, and you, you might have a few kind of props and stuff, and then you just go and have a crazy event. And I think I'm. I, if people ask me, do you have any beliefs? I believe in punk. I believe in chaos. I like the idea that you don't know what you're going to be doing at the end of next week. Or even at the end of today and I, I live increasingly like that just in the moment. And do you know what? I feel like there's gotta be a bit of
0: that in me as well, because even though I like I like a routine, I mean my calendar there behind me is just Your house in- is really
1: the space is beautifully maintained. I it's, it's I because 'cause ex- you're here. <laughs> I was expecting, you know, those hoarders, you know, when they, they live in their house, you but, said- <laughs> like books, I expected we were going to climb climbing over sort of bodies and papers and and, and, and half assembled like kits. And then we'd kind of emerge into this <laughs> hole and there'd be these mics. But it's not that at all. It's quite. It's nice. Slow space. (laughs) It's minimalist. It's almost Swedish, you know, and I love things. I love all things Swedish. You expected me to be in a cellar with a drippy (laughs) tap, didn't you? (laughs) I thought you were going to be in like a black and white prison uniform (laughs) or something, you know, or there'll be people chained to the wall. But that's not how it is at all. No, no. There's fish in a tank.
0: Yeah, there's the the fish in a tank that needs cleaning as well. Um, (laughs) Okay, right. So we've worked together at the prison for going on sort of three years now.
1: It's more like five it's more like this is we were back in 2016 2017 was the first
0: yeah i think i came in 2018 i think right, I came you were a bit later yeah. halloween in 2018 but yeah we worked together for a while and yeah it's been a great time man I, they are like family those guys um but we're here today to talk about podcasts
1: we are and and i was just totally inspired by what you've been doing and i was a bit of a noob and i was like man, I checked out your podcasts. And this is this is punk in a way. It's kind of like underground. I mean, a few years ago with some uh, uni students from Stafford, we set up this underground film movement. And it was like one of those things where somebody would have a script, you'd get a postcode, you'd rock up, you'd shoot for a weekend, and then everybody would just disappear. And hopefully at some point, Ben Chapman, mm-hmm. uh, mentioning no names, an edit would appear. And again, I just love that punk ethos. So I think this is... I think podcast is punk in there, and it's underground. It is because I mean, we had a. (laughs) Um, I'm trying to encourage
0: you to uh, go for a role uh, with um, with a a, a production I'm working with, Um, and um, we we, you rang me up and we chatted about it, but we spent more time talking about the podcast and stuff. I was really hot for the pod, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, the way I explain it is, is. okay so there's indie podcasts like mine and Mm -hmm. if you're listening to this because I've called this podcast workshop then you will understand you know you've made your own thing Uh, you've done it with your own money or whatever small sort of sponsorships you can gather and you go out you do it and you can affect thousands of people by yourself without no big companies no corporations no rules really because you can swear you can be bad on a podcast I choose not to on the the biscuit maybe not with the other podcast if I do And no one can touch you. Yeah. And that is what's so rock and roll about it. I mean, now you're seeing huge corporations put together podcasts and things. I mean, uh, Nerdist, they were a company um, that were put together and and went big, huge. And then they sold out to a Chinese media company. Yeah, yeah. But they had like the biggest stars. Yeah, like George Clooney and Seth Rogen and all these people come on and and chat. And, um, you know, that was quite cool but they went away but now you're seeing like some huge A-list celebrities football stars you know all these kind of things create podcasts and they're great but they've got
1: the money to do it it's all about the indie yeah and I think the key for me is that mainstream media is dead kill your TV (laughs) listen to podcasts because um, everything seems so controlled and contrived Mm. and you're like the, the music that I like came out of punk it was that whole thing about people coming together Uh, grassroots and and, and making something happen and that's why I like prison and I kind of like I I like the idea of it, I like like the philosophy and people who have got their ear to the ground work out what's going on and another thing that's really interesting about what you do and brilliant about what you do is it's positive news you're not talking about plague and death and misery and politics and, and slagging people off, you're basically saying hey there's this event, go support it and it's brilliant, so uh, I think the, that that's one of the things that really made you know maybe prick up my ears was like that needs to be celebrated.
0: Well, there's something about clickbait media, you know, that really riles me. You know, the kind of like there's this terrible thing that's happened. Nothing else. Click on it yeah. or argue about it in the comments. I hate that so much. And there are there, is, there, are, there are local. Uh, organizations that, that that partake in things like that, and I yeah. hate it so much because they, what they do is they start the fire and they sit back and watch the yeah. world burn. Right? Yeah. And I hate that it's so. It's the
1: lowest much. common denominator, and it needs to be called out. You know, and I especially think- when it came to the the, the the recent petrol crisis. Yeah, I say crisis
0: in inverted comic commas because it was made worse by the media. I mean, like I don't, I don't without, without without you know doubt. That if it wasn't for the news and the newspapers being like, "There's no petrol, there's a yeah, petrol yeah. crisis," it wouldn't have happened. It yeah, wouldn't yeah. have happened. So what all. do you
1: do? I mean, you just you just turn it off, don't you? And you listen mm. to other things. I think that's it's the key thing. To, yeah. You know, I, you know, I'm not exactly a fan of the royal family, so I just figure, you know, just turn them off. Just don't buy into that news cycle. Yeah, just just sew into something else.
0: Yeah, and that's what we try to do at the Shrewsbury biscuit because it, it it is all about being positive. Because yeah, okay, we can't live behind rose coloured, uh, you know, sort of, uh, what's it rose tinted that's how the phrase goes um but it's good to you'd be able to disappear into something positive and that's what i like to do um so what would you like to know about podcasts man which what, what how did you
1: want to sort of start your own podcast is that i what definitely is? want to do it and the things i'm interested in promoting most are the ideas of creativity yeah connectivity and community okay. so i really feel like i mean my city is litchfield it's in mm-hmm. Staffordshire, right? We're in Shropshire. I worked here for, you know, 10 years and I love the place, but I moved back to where I'm from and then sort of seeing and listening to what you were doing, I was thinking it would be really great to do this around Litchfield. So I was sort of saying, you know, how do you support creativity, connectivity, community? Um, okay, so the community
0: is very easy because... Um, it's all Shropshire based, Shrewsbury based um, mainly, but we we we're covering things sort of further afield in Shropshire, and people want need to know what's going on. So we cover events, we cover charities, we cover um, um, you know sort of independent businesses things like that. So that's that's the community right there, right? Yeah, and um, we're very much part of a few big sort of Facebook groups where we can share our links and things. Right, um, when it comes to connectivity and creativity. The way I explain it is there's nothing better than stepping inside the head of an artist or a writer or an author or a, or a musician and taking a good walk around and having a good look at what makes that genius, ticks, you know. And, um, you know, also part of the connectivity is I started the Shoes with Biscuit because I knew nothing about the town. So I was learning about the town while the listeners were. And that's kind of like, the. the I'm not going to say it's a genius idea because I don't think it is. But I mean, it is. But. I'm I'm a bit more humble than that. It's a good idea.
1: Here it go. works, There's and, and like I think if you've got your ears around, I mean people are coming to you now, aren't they? Yeah. Like you were talking the other day about you know quite influential people. Yeah. Knew about the biscuit. So just say a little bit about that. You know you're being approached and and people are aware of the biscuit. Um, it's it's more about um so,
0: um, <laughs> it's very embarrassing for me to talk about you know, but like the emails that yeah I lo- I love that the emails. Come to me, and I have the choice now. And this is what I I went to Lingen Davis this morning to do a a shoot because they're making a promo video, and I was chatting to them there, and I was like, "I'm having to pick and choose what I can and can't do now." And look at my diary, my my calendar is ridiculous. My I can't move. My schedule's crazy, and I love that so much. Um, But what I think you're talking about is um, uh, is. apparently Spotify I know who I am and that was I heard this from my friend at like McGinley and um, I've mentioned it a couple of times and I was like what and he, he was like he rang me he was like I'm, I'm so excited now I'm so excited that's how he talks he, t- he talks like he has a beard if that makes <laughs> sense hugely bearded oh
1: you know, he has yeah. a beard
0: yeah. like, uh, Brian oh, Blessed yes. oh Alex you, you, you're, he's a Manchester way so he's like oh Alex you need to check out the oh, I was chatting to the lady from from Spotify and you know she knows who you are and, what. and I was just kind of like, what she needs to, and the reason being is he sent me this article as well. That was just two weeks ago. He's talking about, you know, how I was just saying, actors, sports stars, video games, movies, uh, whatever it is, people making podcasts about everything. But when it comes to local podcasts about an area. It's all about the movement of information and how yeah. actually valuable that is, you know, and um, this is where the biscuit comes into play. So if you're listening to something, you're on a kind of fence about giving me money for sponsorship, you definitely need to, because what we're doing at the Biscuits now is very important.
1: So you're, in a way, like my mate, (laughs) Carl Barton, a great friend of mine, was a plugger. In a way, you're kind of plugging. Yeah. um, And you are kind of just trying to hype stuff up. It's about situations, events, it's happening. I mean, for me in the community uh, over in Litchfield, there's quite a number of kind of um, like musical companies and acting companies Mm. and photographers and stuff. And, And the whole thing is about following what's going on and supporting it. And I think what's happened with plague, sorry, I can't, COVID, is that um, everybody's just retreated into these little boxes. And uh, we've almost been like in prison, haven't we? We've been in prison for the last two years, pretty much. And then people are now just beginning to venture out. And like I've been to a couple of shows this week. I went to see Legally Blonde in yeah, I saw you did that, yeah. Yeah, and I went. I went up to Stoke to see a friend of mine, Imogen, and she was just doing this new uh, musical called Unforgotten Heroes, and it was it was really emotional to be out amongst people again. And I thought, you know, what was really uh, interesting was that people weren't really talking and really uncertain about approaching one another so the need to kind of rebuild community and get people talking was is massively important in every town village mm. city to get people you know focusing on positive stuff and events are going and supporting their mates and and i think like if you could be part of that positive news cycle where instead mm. of just slagging and destroying and clickbaiting, you're actually saying so and so's got a photography exhibition. It's three quid, go and support it. It's half an hour out of your day. Yeah. And get and go talk to people. And I think that's the great thing about prison. It's kind of like speed dating, isn't it? You know, where you're going in there and you're talking to everybody and you've got to have a relationship with everybody. <laughs> and if you're a you know, I mean I've been i I'm a tour guide. My job is schmoozing. Well, my job is trying not to kill people, uh, but it's also, you know, you, you're telling stories, you're storytelling. And I think prison's about that. And anybody who's worth a damn has got great stories. You know, and you sit down with them and they'll tell you, you know, they'll tell you great stories. And that's what kind of hooks you in. So that's kind of what I was interested in with, with the I like to,
0: And I love that you've, you've kind of been drawn towards me. For that reason, because I like the idea that the shoes with biscuit um, creates um, an inspiration to go out there and create community podcasts. Because, like you said, it is important to communicate with one another. And to, I mean, I was chatting to someone the other day, and they were like, "Oh, the, the museum's free now." And I was like, "What? Yeah, the museum? They've just uh, they just waived all the prices. It's free to go in." I was like, "I didn't know that." Now we do on the shoes with biscuit because you just heard it. You know, it's it's about connecting the dots, isn't it? And Definitely. if you can take that to Litchfield and, and create something positive do it. Everybody should absolutely do what I'm doing because, um, like I said, lots of negativity sometimes get blurred between the uh, blurred lines or, you know, whatever it is, stop behind a wall. Um, so if you get someone on there to talk about, you know, crazy races that's happening soon, the, the soapbox racing that's happening in Shrewsbury, had them on, talked about an amazing event that we're going to be at. And, you know, uh, the, I've just spoken to Alan Lewis now is a guy who creates charity runs at 10 Ks, five Ks, things like this. Now we know all about him and stuff,
1: you know, and, uh, I love I love it because of that because we're giving away this important information. Right? But it seems like it's it's totally brought you to life. It's it's kind of like it's like you've you've awakened, haven't you? And you just thought, I can make a difference from from my house. I mean, you're not. This isn't a paid gig, is it? No, no, it's no. not. As you say, you get bits, drips, and drabs of uh, of uh, sponsorship, but chari- oh yeah, mm-hmm. they got sponsorship. But you do. You're a carer. You've got a life where you've got to pay bills and what have you. Mm-hmm. So that makes it pretty heroic for me is that you're you're dedicated to it and you're obviously making an impact so just share a bit about how people feed back to you if they like what you do or they don't like what you do
0: um it's 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 really difficult really because um when it comes to social media um, people like to scroll and just press a button rather than press a button type something and send it right so <coughs> that's how quick social media has to be right yeah, so yeah. when it comes to going hey guys what did you think of the shoes of biscuit drop your comment right here
1: people aren't going to necessarily do that and um, what about if- people sending i mean increasingly like i send snippets of recorded sound now mm. you know what i mean in messenger yeah. you can you can send that i mean yeah. you've got the facility just to pull those little snippets out and sort of drop them into a sort of like a I don't know, like
0: a reel or something? Where? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at my social media and I'm bringing someone in to help me with it right. soon because I need to reorganize and, and re reinvent not reinvent myself on social media but sort of reuse i want to recycle our content so like little bits like you know when we first opened up the the, the podcast just then with loads of energy take that 15 seconds chuck it on tiktok yeah, or yeah. something you know because people like that sort. so of
1: that's thing. an interesting thing it's kind of like there was a great band from the 80s and 90s called pop will eat itself and they used to sample their old records <laughs> so it was like this constant the new stuff would incorporate the old stuff and it would move forward and then you'd sample everything over and over again so it's that kind of endless sort of repetition with a difference as you kind of move through time so you've got to pull out the really interesting stuff haven't you Mm. and shine a light on it so in 30 seconds or seven seconds or three seconds you say well what's the biscuit about what's your mission statement and and you've got to be able to punch it out and almost kind of become a movement do you think Mm. You've Uh, got to get people hot to come here and
0: sit down with you. I mean, I'm no expert when it comes to like, I really am not when it comes to content creation, because there are people out there that make millions, millions on, on creating YouTube videos. And I'm not anywhere near that at the moment. In fact, I'm just trying to kickstart our YouTube now because we
1: haven't used it. I'm starting to release regular videos and they're trying to get people to subscribe, subscribe to my YouTube. Um, But what you've got, which is amazing, and you know, when I was working back with Literal Youth Theatre about 30 years ago, and I said then, I I don't know if they did, but I said, you need to create an archive. You need to record all your shows because, like, 30 years down the line, you know, I mean, they've evolved into this incredible engine over the 34 years they've been in, in existence with incredible shows. But it would just be phenomenal to have... Uh, you know, like a filmic record, an archive you know and we we can do that now, and you 've mm-hmm. got that archive and I suppose now it 's just a question about how you use it and it's about different formats and it's about is it about the edit now, the way you kind of distill things down
0: I think every show is is is, is is as individual as a fingerprint right so like every show has got its own identity and you know it depends what kind of audience you're trying to grab if you're trying to grab for me it's all about the commute for me it's all about like having someone on in the car if you're in my if i'm in your car right now how'd it go and make sure you concentrate on your driving indicate a roundabout right <laughs> so like it's, okay. it's all about for me is sitting down relaxing and having something on in the background. Whereas if you're doing something for young kids, it's like, hey,
1: kids, how's it going? We got this today. Oh, my God, it's so flashy. You
0: You know, you've got to think about what you're trying to sell. So if you're starting your own podcast now and you're listening to this, think about what it is you're talking about, okay? So if you're talking about classical music, you might want to bring it down a bit. Or you might even want to jazz it up a bit. If you're talking about classic music, why not be a little bit crazy and throw a bit of, like, fusion, that kind of – because, you know, there's something really cool about – what was it? I was going to say um, there was something I did that was just completely unorthodox, and I don't know this is what I've, the idea I was thinking of, and it's 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 open there. Uh, Matthew Howard, he runs the Battle of Shrewsbury. How's it going, Matthew? I've had this idea of doing uh, history podcasts, but for adults and completely uncensored. Right. Yeah. So that it's it's for people that have got no time for censorship. So like, we if there's something really grotesque that's happened during the Tudor times and there's lots of bad language involved in that, throw it all in. I don't care. Let's not be up and it. And, 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 and in, in 1400s, yes, there was this absolutely grotesque battle. I can't go into the details right now. No, let's do that. And we can swear and let's have some fun with it, you know. And yeah, I, yeah. I mentioned that to Matthew and he was just like, brilliant, let's do it. Because that's mixing
1: it up, isn't it? Well, <laughs> you know, for me, the, I was just talking with my uh, artist buddy Reeves. Is just we've sort of been working on his autobiography for the last couple of years, and he's finally bringing it to conclusion. And he was talking about um, directing Simon Cadell from Hello, Hello, or helping direct Simon Cadell in this uh, version of Hamlet. And uh, he had him kind of isolated in like a, a rehearsal room, and he talked about uh, he talked about Hamlet in terms of uh, of a certain motion, and he was sort of trying to teach him this idea of, you know, have the thought, create the word, and then the action, and I think it was a really simple kind of formula, but I kind of liked that. So you have a thought create the word and then the action and I really love the idea that from the podcasts you get actions so the thought is there the idea is bubbling around then mm-hmm. the expression is there because we're having a conversation and then from the conversation people will go yeah I'm going to do something like that Yeah, and I love the idea of it being a a route to persuasion and inspiration so if somebody was thinking about something if somebody was thinking about starting a band or somebody was thinking about doing a drama project and somebody like wanted to do Hamlet or uh, somebody wanted to do a play they'd written or a new musical, you could, you could talk to them and they could come on and they could talk about what they'd done and why they'd done it and they were looking for a cast or they were looking for a venue and they had no money and they were kind of touting for people to come out and, and do stuff. I mean, I, in 2013, I set up with my best friend, Alan Rowe, uh, Good Row Productions and we, our mission statement was that we wanted to do community events but we wanted to do self-generated stuff so we wrote our own sort of plays and put them on and we wanted it to be like intergenerational so we wanted the kid we wanted the parent and we wanted the granddad or the grandma Mm -hmm. on the stage we didn't care how good they were we you know if if nobody else would touch them we'd have them you know what i mean and they'd come on and they'd do our shows and you know it was all about energy and enthusiasm so we knew that we were kind of uh, at the lower end of the tent pole, shall we say, in terms of sometimes what we put out. But we gave it our all. And from that, a lot of people would then go on and do other things, bigger shows. Uh, Legally Blonde the other night, one of the kids who turned out for us, uh, an amazing young girl called Emily Glasgow, was... Dancing and singing and she was one of the best things on the stage and she did a turn with us and and I'm not saying that she's where she is now because of us but we were just part of her little fossil record and hopefully we just you know we, we arrived at a time when she needed us and could use us so again it, you know if you can create a, a platform for people in that community of Shrewsbury or Litchfield where people want to do stuff but they don't know how to go about doing it they can kind of put out an advert in a sense in their conversation say I really want to do this thing I've got an idea for a show so it's like an elevator pitch and then they can bring people in and hell before you know it people are out there and doing again because I don't think society is just going to restart after COVID I I think there's so much nervousness. And I think the first pandemic, which is the virus, you know, is is wherever it is. I don't think it's over. But there's a second pandemic, which I think is going to be to do with mental health. I agree. agree. And talking to my buddy who's a psychiatrist and he's saying so many people now are terrified to go out and interact with other people because if they interact with the wrong person, it could be a death sentence. Yeah. So getting communities rebuilt, and I think the pod and the notion of podcast is important because of that. Yeah, I feel like a, there's a responsibility there to try and sort of
0: help people out as much as I can. And I've always felt that anyway, but with the pandemic, I talk about the pandemic an awful lot, and I feel like people probably going, oh, there he goes again. But I feel like it's one of the most important things that's happened to us in, in, our, lives. in our lives. And tomorrow I'm speaking to Dr. Pearson, who is um, talking about... Um, the anxiety of going back to the office, right? Exactly, yeah. And um, my wife is, uh, she's, <laughs> I've kicked my wife into Timmy's room. Um,
1: <laughs> <laughs> she's sad. He didn't kick her, you know, she went willingly.
0: <laughs> just to explain this, the setup right now, uh, Timmy's got this huge cabin bed, right? And underneath the cabin bed is a little desk
1: right <laughs> like timmy is his son it's not a pet rat
0: or a no, pet no, no. anaconda yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. it's not a mini biscuit he's six years old he's got this massive cabin bed and there's a there's a desk underneath a square <laughs> box thing it's at the desk and that's what my wife sat doing i'm very sorry i'm very grateful to your wife so thank you for doing that um, Do you have an event, business, or promotion that needs advertising? Well, the Shrewsbury Biscuit is here for you. With listeners local, nationwide, even worldwide, we have the perfect place to get the word out. And the Shrewsbury Biscuit Podcast is a registered CIC, so you'd be helping us while we help you. Drop us a line at shrewsburybiscuitpodcast at gmail.com and speak to us today. The Shrewsbury Biscuit Podcast. The voice of Shrewsbury. Yeah, and she's she started a job. Um, I can't say the company's name in case uh, put the company into disrepute. But she's never she's only been to the office once. Yeah, and she's been there for less than a year. Do you know what I mean? So it, that must be so daunting for a lot of people because there are the companies now selling off their offices now no. because people are just more comfortable working at
1: home. That's weird, right? Well, it's a revolution, isn't it? It's happened as a result of the pandemic yeah and i I don't think we've had time to process that and i think like you know for me art its best will reflect what's going on at the time and it will ask a question and it won't give you an easy answer it sometimes leaves things hanging so I mean I really like the fact that there's new work out there. Um, I mean one of the I mean I love the fact that we've got a huge tradition and there's amazing plays going back to 1600 and before and mm. all of that. But but part of me just craves new work, something that's about now. I was um Uh, I've been uh, one of my
0: favorite bands I mentioned in the last podcast is Frank Carter and the Rattlesnakes, right? Yeah, definitely listen to them, especially if you like your punk your punk music. Mm. It's got a bit of shouty, shouty, sweary, sweary stuff in it. Um, and his new latest album, Sticky, uh, it's all about it's all about the pandemic, right? And there's 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 lyrics in there that are actually heartbreaking. He's like, I don't ever want to lock down again, and you can feel it. They feel the pain in his voice. I'm like, wow, because for uh, a creative. For an artist, for an uh, uh, for a, a musician, for um, an actor, for for a podcaster, you know, for people that's going up there and, and sort of documenting the world or being part of it or creating it, you know, it must be it must have been difficult, you know.
1: But it's about expression. It's a, and I think like artists are here to to rattle cages. They're here. Oh, I love to, to rattle a good cage Yeah, to, to be provocative <laughs> and, and like the prison break stuff that we do is is about that. And I I gravitate to work where it, that is edgy. That is provocative, that you do get a reaction and a response from. And even if people hate you or hate the work, they they think about what you're doing and they may change their response to the world. They may go and do something different. So I suppose it's all about where you want to place yourself. If you want to be liked and loved, then you appear in Disney musicals. And that's great. That's where you want to be and that's what you want to do. But Disney ain't me. <laughs>
0: Disney I'd love you I think you make a good villain (laughs) one of my favorite things to do at prison break is go up to somebody oh because like we they always explain it's always explained to them that they're in an immersive event they need to create their own sort of character and sort of take part right so as soon as they've had that conversation I'll walk up to him and I'll be like, Oi, <laughs> what are you in prison for? And they'll start to explain. I'll
1: be like, I don't care. And walk off. Yeah,
0: <laughs> Just leave him completely stunned. Leave him hanging.
1: This is it. I think it's all sort of about confounding expectations, isn't it? It's, it's yeah. about playing with them, yeah. and, and people who do that, I, I love that. And I like to, I like to feel uneasy I mean I, I went I was in, in, in Scotland once and uh about 2007 and there was a there was like two live event. there was two live events that I went to back to back and there were talks with authors that I really liked one was by a playwright called Harold Pinter who was renowned for these Pinteresque silences and this kind of uneasiness and paranoia and to listen to Pinter talk he generated that atmosphere in the room and he made he put you on edge and the way you kind of Paused and listened to the uh, to the to the interviewer's questions, and then would be really kind of insidiously turning the, the interviewer's questions upside down. It was like how he wrote, and then the next uh, the next session was with this um, this famous Irish poet called Seamus Heaney. And it was like being in the presence of Socrates. He was kind of august and he was smart and you felt you're in the presence of greatness. And he said something I I remember. And he said, we're living now in a shadowed age, a shadowed age. He And I just thought, God, yeah, it's an age of shadows. But he had a completely different vibe and you were easy with him. And you could sit and just listen to that wonderful lilt in Irish brogue and the way he told stories. But I love the fact that they were back to back. One was the kind of paranoia kind of culture mm. of, 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 of Pinter, where nobody is what they appear to be. And I've done a couple of Pinter uh, plays, and it's all about unease and it's all about, you know, things that make your skin creep and making you realize that everybody's unreliable. Everybody's got an agenda, nobody tells you the truth. And then Heaney comes on, and he, ah, he you know, even though he's talking about, you know, the darkness in the current times, he's he's like a ray of light, whereas Pinter's is just like saying there is no light. It's just dark, and you've got to survive. <laughs> so I love that. I love the contrast. Anyway, and I, I thought they were great speakers.
0: I, yeah, I like having the license to to be someone else, and there's it, it's, it's a it's a deep reflection on sort of. I me mean, anyway I've, whether it's the podcast or
1: whether it's um but you're not one person and I think that's I've often thought what, why are actors actors why do they do what they do other than for adulation and, 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 and loads of cash and I think one of the things is like you're not comfortable in a singular identity you, you get the sense that you know you were born into something but it, it, you could have been something else and it just gets you, the, you get to explore you know so many different subconsciously
0: things. i think we're all different anyway cuz i mean like you're a different person to the person you are in the yeah, office of in the car when you swear at the person in front of you when you're in bed late at night you know everybody's a little bit different aren't they you know and you're allowed to do that i feel like um if you if you can um play with that a little bit yeah and you give yourself license to be able to play with that and be a little bit childish at times and a little bit a little bit explorative in how you do things I mean I've just been sat before my my interviews today I've been sat creating sort of liners for the radio yeah and 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 one of them is just like guy going uh, because I got a voice changer thing on there and he sounds like a a, like a beast and he's going naughty talk he's like (laughs) And (laughs) and he's like um
1: I was about to it. you know, doing silly little voices like but, so yeah, so. but I think, yeah, but I kind of think it, it, there's part of you that is, like me, like a cartoon. Yeah. There are elements of us that are just cartoons, aren't we? We love to cartoon. And I think, like, that's just that endless play, an endless play of possibilities. And the people who make you laugh do funny voices and do crazy stuff, and they're never predictable. Right. Uh, I think that's the point. And I, I think, like that's what you want in a community or a culture. You want people who've got any talent. You want to kind of get up on a stage and get them doing stuff. And I think that's what pod is. It's another stage, isn't it? Um,
0: yeah, it is. And, um, I think it's, it's very hard to sometimes, uh, find reminders on why you are good at what you're doing right because we are just having a conversation at the end of the day and you're like well what's so special about alex whiteley why do you need it and then you get someone walking through a room and go oh yeah coming on the podcast yeah and then they sit down and they just die inside and they're like <clears throat> Uh, yeah. And they forget everything. They can't talk behind a microphone. And, and then I'm kind of like, hey, welcome to the Shoes with Biscuit. And you're kind of like, that's why I'm good at what I'm doing. And I think we all need those reminders. I mean, if you're starting to do a podcast or content creation, you need to have that confidence in yourself. You need do to, I have it? Yeah, yeah, you do. Of course you do. But I feel like it's, 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 it's flawless reviews. And I mean, like, I don't know whether you project yourself when you're around other people, or if you're a different person when you're on your own, you're like, Oh, that was so much. That was so much hard work. I <laughs> can just imagine you, Stuart, going into your apartment and just thrown on a big, massive cloak no, and just being like, "No, to bed." No, to I bed. If,
1: I'm, <laughs> if I'm in that, if I'm in my apartment, I'm drawing or I'm writing or yeah. I'm performing, you know. And, and I, I work for sixteen hours a day because uh, I'm, I'm acutely aware. Having had a near-death experience in Morocco in 1994. Ooh, what happened there? I, well, I just got real sick and I was just on the edge of life and death for about three days and I thankfully got to a doctor and I kind of, I, I got saved but what it, it, how it changed me was it made me aware that life over so quick man, I'm 50 can you believe it, I'm 50 years of age I feel 18, I feel uh, you know, and I'm just aware just how quickly it goes. You've got to use every second that you've been given. And, and that the people I love are people who are aware of that. And like, um, I recently been working with this Swedish intern and I took her out on a walking day and we we ended up going up this sort of sheer cliff face and she looked up at me with terror in her eyes and she's like, you know, we could die here. I said, yeah, we could. Every step could be <laughs> our last step. Don't walk on the rocks. Walk on the grass. Focus. If there's a gust of wind, just crouch. We'll get through this. And we did. And we came down off of that cliff. And she got down. And she was just so exhilarated. And she'd had this terrible situation in life that she had to take care of. And and, and she, when she got down, she just took care of it. And, and, and it was kind of like she'd been confronted with all the elements and she dealt with it. She hadn't freaked out. She stayed focused, she hadn't panicked and she realized she was alive. And at the end of it, she was like, I wanna do this. This is mm. what I want my life to be. I want this excitement. And I was like saying, okay, well, you've got to come back on on your own and do it with people. And then and just a few days ago, uh, family came over from Sweden and she took them out on her own in a car. And she took him out and she took him up a uh, sort of Hidden Valley in Glencoe and she did it. So the whole thing about she came out, I kind of mentored her a bit, uh, t- taught her to read a map and 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 uh, and then I said, babe, the only way you can kind of move forward is to do it for yourself. And she went and did it. And she took the most amazing photograph. She wants to be a photographer. And I just basically said, you just got to do it. And the difference between those that do and those that don't is just confidence and belief. And don't let any criticism or negativity deflect you. Stay on target, and but every it means you got to work every day. You get up and you do what you got to do, and and just keep doing it. Keep giving the positive out, and you're gonna make it. And I think that's another thing. You know, my background like yours is what used to be called special needs. So working with kids who are often damaged or uh, broken uh, sometimes because of the way they were born sometimes because of the ways that, that they've been raised and what people have done to them so the whole thing about getting behind people and trying to help them rebuild and positive messages that was a massive part that's what mm. I come out of yeah. you know in the first job that I did and I think I'm still doing the same thing and I still believe like all the kids that I worked with in the early days it was like they were they were a reflection of the broken bits in me I didn't have a great adolescence I had a bit of a kind of breakdown breakthrough kind of situation where I just lost my there I had no direction so to kind of find my way again and get on a path when I kind of went back to sort of university uh, quite late in my late 20s and I did a degree in psychology and I've spoken about this before but I, I worked with my, my friend Paul Leishman uh, who's visually impaired but I was his guide and his note taker and we formed this really tight unit and we, we both got through it together. He helped me, I helped in. And it was kind of like that road back. Mm. And I think like uh, that changed me. And, and, and it makes me passionate uh, for community. It makes me passionate for people helping and reaching uh, out for each other and, and working through the arts. Mm. I think that's, for me, the 21st century just is just so da- such a damaging place to be. It makes us sick and messes us up in all kinds of ways. And, and you've got to find a way of doing this century this moment you found your way and i think it's an amazing way and you know when i work with you the vitality and the life and the joy that comes off of you and that's because you found this so i think it's not just it ain't just something you do it's almost like a philosophy of life in it yeah and uh, it's it's about um I think you gotta remember
0: why you're doing this right because i'm not no joe rogan i'm not no mark Marin or any big podcaster i've got a few hundred listeners around the world you know and people do recognize me from time to time but it's i'm not like this big i was watching um i introduced my wife to people just do nothing last night have you seen that corrupt fm but oh. you know it's a, it's a bbc t- tv show and it's about these guys that have got a pirate radio show and they think they're like superstars but they're <laughs> all idiots every single one of them and um there's a this famous clip um and it's like uh, how far does corrupt fm reach he goes all over east london yeah well maybe not quite east london those th- just the estate it reaches the <laughs> estate and like they're doing this like call in um competition thing uh and they're like calling for the answer for th- this for this question and to win this perfect this aftershave and no one rings in <laughs> they're, 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 they're like sitting there like oh my god and i feel like Am I that guy? Is that me? Because like,
1: you know, um, you know I, I the thing of it is, if it was, <laughs> you'd still do it. And that makes you yes, and that's the kind thing. of heroic and absurd <laughs> at the same time. Because, you know, I mean, I think about the number of gigs whereby you put so much into it and maybe five people go and you've rehearsed it for 12 weeks. You put a thousand hours into it and like five people go watch it. And and uh, it's not by anybody's uh, standards considered it a success but you emerge from it and you say i loved it and it was worth it to me and it's like you just keep
0: doing it and it leads to a very important point as well if you you know i'll say this to any podcaster right don't look at the figures too much and don't look too much yeah. into it because um when i first started my first ever podcast thor's kin podcast thor's kin podcast it's, it's a cheeky show it was a
1: cheeky <laughs> show right
0: it, it was on the on the borderline of probably very very too much inappropriate but anyway we um when i first started i would look at the analytics every single day oh my god we've had five more downloads oh my mm-hmm. god we've had 10 more downloads and i would do it all the time and then it stops Levels out, and then you kind of start hurting yourself a little bit inside. You're kind of like, Oh my god, yeah. I'm not very successful, and this sort of stuff. Um, you saw because, um, my other show it, it did kind of get stale and stagnant a little bit, especially on social media. But I looked at the figures the other day, and if <laughs> we haven't recorded in ages, and it's still going, it's still yeah, doing really yeah, well. Yeah. And I'm like, What? Um, so like sometimes you can punish yourself a little bit more. So you can find a host, you know, Podbean. Um, I use Podbean, there's loads of us out there. Look, search for podcast hosts, right? So you pay a small fee. You can get do it for free as well. There are free options, but I pay because I create a hell of a lot of content, oh, right? Um, and, and then you have the option to see who's listened. Well, not who's listened. <laughs> we have to get all your details if you listen to my show. Where they've listened to in the world yeah, and how many people have listened to, right? Get a gauge. watch it, look at it once a month. Yeah. Look at it once a month and don't get stuck into that. Do something because you... Love enjoy it, it yeah. because that's what draws people in, and I got like caught in that trap with you. So I was kind of like, "Oh my god, will I get the listeners? What's the point?" And I was getting really fed up and stuff. um But we've we've taken a few weeks out. We've, we're kind of pulling the wires out and stuff like that, looking at what works, what doesn't work, and we're going to come back and we're going to
1: have a crazy good time because that's what we're doing it for. That's the whole reason behind it. I think sometimes you, know? you need to step away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like you're too close your nose is pressed up against the glass you can't see what's going on and you, you can't need to revitalise
0: you yeah. can't cheat at this thing and people are trying so hard I'm part of I'm an admin for one of the biggest podcast groups on Facebook right it's huge um, thousands, tens of thousands of people on it and um, I see it every single day like share liking, not liking share like um, share uh like for like or comment for comment you probably see it with like youtube videos as well you know um where people like what i'll watch mine and you watch yours and i'm kind of like that's really terrible and it's because the way the analytics work with facebook with uh Podbean, with youtube and stuff if they see someone's listened to a podcast for five seconds right uh, and there's loads of people doing that they will drop you to the bottom of the pile right if uh, loads of people like your Facebook page and they don't actually go on it, they'll drop you to the bottom of the pile because that's how analytics work. It's yeah. it's it's a ratio. Of that's how, the algorithm. That's the algorithm, right? Yeah. Um, and um, so uh, you cannot. You can really damage your your. If you say like say you create a podcast Facebook page, right, and you do what I did, <laughs> I'm, I'm guilty of it as well. Invite all your friends. <laughs> Invite everybody. Right. Get them all in there, and nobody visits them then nobody will see your posts. Facebook will th- think you're invaluable
1: and they'll chuck you in the trash pile. Yeah, and you yeah. will damage what you've created. Yeah, but the key thing is, you've and like, I'll go back to what I said before, you've got an archive. And I suppose, I don't know if you call it podcast, but Russell Brand's truths, right? Now, to begin with, I was a bit like, oh, Russell. I mean, I loved him in the early days and then I hated him and then I loved him and then I hated him. And then I've gone back to seeing what he's doing now. And I, I like the step that he's taken. And I like the fact that, that he has an archive of works and sometimes it can be like a couple of years before people think oh he's got a great body of work there and maybe the edit is you drop certain ones and, and, and other ones sort of come more to the fore so the stuff that R- Russell Brand did like with Jordan Peterson who's you know a kind of you know kind of major sort of philosophical figure of the moment an American academic who's coming for a ton of crap is really interesting and what's great about their conversation is they they don't agree but the way they disagree with each other is really respectful mm. so you just don't get into that you know kind of bitching not you know, Alex Jones and Joe Rogan oh, screaming at each other oh yeah oh, ladies it's like please just <laughs> wind it in and, and it's kind of like <laughs> it, there's something like I remember reading a, a biography of Oscar Wilde where he talked about developing the Oxford Manor and the, the Oxford Manor was this thing whereby you could, you could disagree with people and you could think they were idiots, but you were always respectful. And I think yeah. that that unfortunately has gone by the by. The yeah. whole thing about respect. And and it, it, even if you think somebody's a total idiot, even if they think you're a total idiot, there's just a sort of respect, and and I miss that, you know. And I think like, uh, I mean, I like punk, and I like rudeness when it's funny. I like being rude too. Yeah, well, like- we're rude to each other, but you know, yeah. oh yeah, thing. so like,
0: I can't really explain our roles really, but like we we. <laughs> We, our
1: job or the person <laughs> is to hate each other generally, and um, but I've never had so much fun hating anybody in my life <laughs> as you, because I I play a teacher, right? who's an ex-con, and he and and can we we can't say the name of your character, well, can we? we? We've mentioned
0: it before, but I don't want to mention too no, no, much about no, okay. the, role, the the roles right. for because it you know, would spoil it. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. But let's just say that we we have an antagonistic relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Leave it at that. But it's fun because we. Again, I never know where you're gonna come in from because you it <laughs> comes in from new angles all the time. And I think doing this, you've you've gotten to this place where you think on your feet, don't you? <laughs> yes. You've got to.
0: You've got to. It's all it's all improv. To me this is yeah. You know, and in fact, we used to do a lot of improv on, um, we did it on Reduce to Clear, which is a, a production we were following. And we also, did, I used to do it on USOC. We used yeah, to have like, yeah, like, yeah. like, okay, here's a, we had a wheel and you'd spin it and then it would land on uh, an emotion or a thing you got to do and you've got to do it on the on the podcast because um, the, what I, I used to get a lot of people coming to me to help, for help and developing their podcast or yeah, their yeah, yeah. podcast or and stuff. So then I'd be like, okay, here's a pencil, talk about this for a minute, go. Because you've got to be able to do yeah. that, right? right because you, you can't be like if you if you run out of something to say you can't be like
1: yeah uh, you haven't got You've, you've got to, you know, no time air. You've yep. got to be there. I mean, the Santa thing. I mean, sometimes you you know when I work it, you have 120 families in a day, and I'll come in, and you've got to use what is to hand. You know. I mean, I used to hate those uh, the shows, the improv shows on TV. I used to find them so hammy and they were mm. so self congratulatory, but I love that. It's like gla- it's like gladiatorial combat you know some you know sometimes people come in all different accents all different vibes i mean some families are just out and out sinister that they're not nice but you've got to work with that and some it's just like feeling the love in the room is just mm. it's just incredible so people say don't you get bored well now it's a different show with every time somebody comes at the grotto and sits down people say you're a grown man why do you do this thing i said it's just it's like the prison it's just so exciting where you can go within the kind of you know limits of time and limits of the role you can go in some really tripped out zones do you know what I mean? And we we just go into the most crazy zones and people walk out and say, did we just talk to Sandra about quantum physics? You know what I mean? I think that's the thing. You confound expectations if you do what everybody else does, you know. And and I just like, I mean, we did a promo thing the other day where um, we would I'm, Part of my Santorin is I'm, I'm doing it at, at, um, at a farm, Coton farm out in Whittington just for a few dates. And it's a, it's a stable. It's a riding stable. So they get me on a horse. And the thing you don't know about me is at the age of six, I was out with my grandfather and my, and my, and my bro, elder brother. And we were walking down this hill. This horse follows us and kicks me in the head and knocks me out. <laughs> so <laughs> I always maintain that whoever came back wasn't human. you know. What I mean? but, so I'm kind of like, I've got to get on this horse. And, and like, it's it's in the barn and I've got to go behind it. I'm like, uh, Helen, it doesn't kick the because <laughs> I'm having a flashback. So they get me, I'm in my Santa garb. They get me on a horse and you need you need to think on your feet so no oh, no i've lost my ruddy reindeer Anybody seen the reindeer they've run off <laughs> of i've got to head get on this horse and go looking for them so yeah we kind of found a way into it and it was just like it was just something we did on the hoof if you pardon the pun they filmed it and they put it out you know and it may have gone viral it might have three hits who knows <laughs> but i think that's the joy of, of being creative and 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 liking just creating in the moment mm. you do it you forget about it you move on
0: and i feel like it, it helps you as well if you if you're not i mean when i first started doing the biscuit i used to make reams and reams and notes right i'd have like three yeah. pages of notes and it, especially when i spoke to charlie adlard you know i had like four or five pages of notes when i spoke to him this is the co-creator of the walking dead in my <laughs> house you know and i'm going like oh my god and t- tom is like um in all safely in in, in were you starstruck were you starstruck Come uh, on. a little bit a little bit no i admit maybe not so much on the day because i, I got myself in the zone but i do sometimes get like the, the, the thing is with this with what i do is i speak to celebrities all the time this is me bigging myself up yeah. this is a journey i have been on right where yes when charlie Adler came around my house i was a little bit nervous and <laughs> when i've spoken to sit we did a comic salopia of uh shout out to shane chebzy who helped organize that amazing event and um we we got thrown in thrown in the deep end they were like we give us a studio for two days and when people come out these comic book come uh like panels they come straight into our studio and we'd interview them half the time not knowing who they were right and jamali maddox came sat with me he's a comedian with a big bushy beard he's very popular very famous does channel four documentaries and stuff and i don't watch terrestrial tv he no. sat down and he was, i was like uh so uh so what do you do jamali he's like I'm on on the telly. And I was like, okay, we need to do something quickly. So that's me digging myself out of a hole. How did you do it, man? I just remembered that he's just like me. (laughs) He's a human being just like me. And that Jamali Maddox interview was a turning point for me, genuinely, because I was kind of like... Was it
1: what alcoholics call a moment of clarity?
0: Yeah, I think so. You were struck by lightning. He's probably an idiot just as much as I am. Do you know what I mean? The same as Charlie Adler, the
1: same as any celebrity, they're, they're just as much as... Just but you're as, arriving with an anxiety about the fact that uh, they're greater than you are. No, no, no. What's the anxiety about people meeting celebrities? Why do they go to the mush? Well, this is the thing, isn't it? Why? Why do we do
0: that? And this, this is the, the discipline I've had to learn. And, you know, there's so many amazing stories that I've talked about on The Biscuit, like at the Shrews, uh, the, the flower show, right? Yeah. The, the event organiser comes up to me, she's like, can you do an interview with Scouting for Girls, which were a big bang in the <laughs> noughties, right? Scouting for Girls were huge. And I was kind of like, okay. So me and Shane were walking towards, and I was kind of like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And I was like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? I'm going to write this, and i I've got to write these notes and everything. And I, wrote, I got my notebook, and I wrote loads of, all these questions. I went to them, got my microphone out, did the interview. I didn't use one of the questions yeah. in the notebook. I just worried myself for no reason. They were nice, guys. I remember standing at the stage. Uh, Because they were sitting watching this bike display thing um, before they went on. And before they went on to play, they came and spoke to me. And I remember seeing them sat on the stage looking at me. And there was something inside me that went, they hate me. On press they hate the press and right i thought they were side eyeing me i thought oh my god this is gonna be terrible and this is just my anxiety going you're an idiot you're an idiot you're an idiot when they came down they were nice guys just normal down to a yeah, people yeah. like me and you know you got you got to learn that you know
1: everybody you speak to is human yeah all yeah. right and that's that's the most important I, thing i don't think i'm phased by by people i just no. love the moment and the interaction and mm. you want people to be exciting and yeah. if if they're not they're not. So I think some people, some, some like, you know,
0: I'm going to say normal people is not in an, in an offensive way, but someone that isn't worth millions because they make something. But um, sometimes a normal person can leave you starstruck. And it's because you're in awe of of who they are as a person, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know? There are people that have come on my show every now and again, and I'm kind of like, I find it hard to speak to them because of how amazing I think they are as a human person. And it doesn't matter if they're famous, if they're a celebrity, or whatever. And, you know, sometimes I get
1: a bit like, wow. Like I you know i am I am not worthy, <laughs> yeah, but you know, you've still got to talk to them, you've still got to communicate, and you've got to celebrate what's great about them, yeah. you know what I mean, yeah. and then your you know your life might be small in comparison to them, much bigger, but you know compared to you, your life might be bigger than other people, so it's having a bit of humility in it and just yeah. seeing it for what it is exactly but I just wanted to uh, flag up something there. not all your casts are in the house some of them are out in the field you're out in the and that is something i see more and more on your facebook promote mm. is that you're out in the field so what do you prefer do you like being out in the field or is it technically uh, is it more
0: challenging so this is this is this is where i've learned my journey right this is where i've developed is because i remember to this day standing on pride hill in shrewsbury with a tascam microphone and i wanted to speak to people about shopping independently for christmas where were they going their shop christmas shopping and I couldn't get anyone to stop to talk to me, and at that moment, that thing ruined me. And mentally speaking, I really hate shoving a microphone in people's face. Yeah, and I really do still today, but I've learned how to manage it. Excuse me, <laughs> <laughs> down the microphone. Um, so, like, I'll go to events now, and I'll be I have my my microphone, and I'll need to get reactions from people. Um, and it's a case of I have to have a few minutes just to. What, pump, tune in. Pump myself, pump yeah, myself yeah. into it because that is the worst thing for me. If it, if people know who I am, I mean, like now it's different
1: because people are like, ah, it's a Shoes and Biscuit and yeah, they'll come and talk yeah. to me, right? That's really interesting. I I used to work, as I know it's hard to believe, but I used to work as the thin controller, not the fat controller. I remember that. But the thin <laughs> I controller that. of Drayton Manor. And the, the the thing was, we me and the fat controller, well, Sir Topham, Hat, we used to work at the hotel in the first part of the morning. And uh, we always used to get a... Fr- a fried breakfast. You know, that was you know, that was part of one of the perks of getting in early. So after a while you couldn't really tell the fat controller from the thing <laughs> controller, you know. But we used to do five shows a day. Right, and you used to go into uh, you used to go up on this kind of balcony, and behind the balcony was this like green room. And you're working 12 hour days, six days a week. And I remember I used to work with an amazing clown called Sean Wallace, and one of the most incredible people I've uh, entertainers I've ever met. Busiest, hardest working mate. Uh, Kester Lewis, uh, was, was the top man, the fat controller, a genius, wonderful performer, great friend. He's working out in Dubai now, but we you were so knackered a lot of the time. People would just go in the green room and everybody would just flop down. And you know, like puppets when they just sort of left. Mm. We were like, we were like de-string puppets, right? And we'd sit in the green room, faces as long as sin, exhausted. And then the start of music would go. And it would be like, we'd just spring, to spring back up. And the door would open you'd run out. Welcome to Thomas Land. <laughs> and you'd be straight in the song. And it was like, it was, it was the funniest thing because people could be completely just deflated and off. And if people were to see you backstage, and Sean's face, he had this sort of hangdog expression. And it was like, oh, my God, I've been doing this for so long. I'm, <laughs> so long. I'm insane. And then you get out on the balcony, and it'd just be like, And you go out, five people or 5,000 people sometimes. I went out one day, Alex, right? somebody had dropped down dead. Somebody was dead. Oh my god! And, and everybody's out there with the phones filming, and and um, and and Kess was off with, and the, and the person who died was with was a carer, so Kess had gone out with the with the child that the person was minding, and one of the owners then owner's sons came over and said, uh, "Get up on that balcony and sing," and I'm like, uh, "Yeah, but somebody's just dropped down dead," he said. That's what we pay you for. So I was like. <laughs> And I was up on the balcony singing and there's ambulances flying around. I thought, that's entertainment. (laughs) That's what it is. So when everything's flying around you, an explosion, get up on that balcony and sing. That's what we pay you for. And it's a moment of absolute clarity and absolute horror as they're cutting off the body. And the pack aren't listening to me sing and dance. The pack are filming that body as it's going in the ambulance. But isn't that what killed Robin Williams? I think Robin Williams killed Robin Williams. <laughs> or the FBI or the CIA. But it's like,
0: it's, it's, it's for that. I mean, like, I always explain to Kaz, right, my wife, when I come home from prison, I'm more exhausted from being on.
1: For all those hours are yeah, on be and buzzing. Right? You know, I did a, a big show a few years ago called Jerusalem, and it's kind of like King Lear, and it's sort of full staff, and it's like Johnny Lydon from, you know, oh. Johnny Rotten rolled into one. And the first things you're coming out and saying, you're effing and jeffing, using the c-word. Hmm. So that's what you attack the audience. And the role is like it's like a two and a half hour show, and you're you're always on the stage, massive speeches. And I remember the adrenaline of that was so much that when I came off, it would be like three o'clock in the morning, and I'd still be going right, and then I'd <laughs> just cut out. And I remember, like, right, get this, on the last night, the last night, did the show, and I was so tired on the stage was a sofa that was johnny's sofa and i just fell to sleep on it and when i woke up they'd broken the set the set was gone and it was just me on the sofa <laughs> that's how quickly things turn over and your neck your last week's news on yeah. to the next thing that's insane it's insane so you got to stay current people you got to stay current you got to
0: keep things fresh and um you know i was just talking about that with uh, with alan lewis um my last guest um I shouldn't say that really in case I put these these shows out in a a different Different order. order. Uh, But, hey, um, I'll talk about, you know, sort of adapting to things, you know, and The Biscuit had to go through a massive, uh, you know, we'd um, just got funding for a a mobile studio to go out to events and festivals and things, which we're doing now, um, right before covid (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so we had, this plan. we had this plan we had all the all the things set up in the diary and everything and uh, we couldn't use our studio we had a, at the time we had a studio in the parade shopping center so people could come to our studio um which we don't have anymore um and uh, we couldn't use that either because all the shops had shut so it was kind of like what am i gonna do so we had to uh, to flip it on his head and be like okay what are we going to do now is we're going to talk about how the world continues yeah uh, so we were talking to charities. How do charities go and get their their money? How are businesses adopting shops who's doing etsy? who's doing like virtual events? who's doing this that other that that kind of worked as well so you've got to keep things fresh and you know I had a bit of a heart attack a few weeks ago because um, if you do podcasts you'll you'll probably be aware that sort of podcast hosts like mine is Podbean, they changed the way they do their analytics right. right. So, um, if you've dipped into a show for a few seconds and dipped out, um, uh, it won't class as a as a download or a view, right? Mm. Because, so, pe- some people will probably start listening to one of my podcasts and then dip out, and then that w- So, we had a massive drop in listeners, huge, monumental. I was like, oh my god, what's happened? And then I read into it and realised, oh, actually, I've gained hundreds of listeners. Rather than thousands of listeners, there's still hundreds of loyal customers right there. Still, customers. You guys aren't customers. You're my very loyal listeners, and I love you very much. They're your
1: friends. They're my (laughs)
0: friends. (laughs) There's still people that are still there doing it, right? So, despite what goes on, you've got to keep just being and be. um, Make sure you have um, constant materials. While you, you need to stay um,
1: current. Current. (laughs) What's (laughs) the
0: word? Don't get
1: complacent, and you need to be um, and to keep changing it up. Yeah, don't settle into a groove, and maybe talk to people. Consistent, that's the, yeah, insistent and and talking to people you don't necessarily agree with or get on with. I
0: love that. I love yeah. that, and um, um, and I love that um, with the biscuit. I, I get to speak to people. I I always describe the the Shrewsbury biscuit as uh as the one show for Shrewsbury because we speak to yeah. people from all sorts. It's,
1: it's actually better than the one show. Oh uh, yeah, I mean. I think so. And the, and the caliber of guests is <laughs> spot on. I'd say spot on. And as for the host,
0: probably could do better. <laughs> um, but yeah, you want, so what, what kind of podcast would you like to start? And this is one of the important things. When you, when you start in a podcast, you need to find out
1: what it is you want to make. Yeah, like I said, the whole thing about creativity, connectivity, community. So if I had a mission... That, that's a, that, you need to create an umbrella for yeah, that. Yeah, so I really like the idea of getting people within the community who have an idea, but we're a little bit afraid to do it, to do it. Okay. So you're seeing different folk up there, not just the same old faces. And also if there's talent that hasn't sort of emerged, I'd like to do that. And, and nurture it and get into my shows because I write musicals we, we did uh, we did one a few years ago called Hamlin and we did that as a community musical and it worked and we're doing a bigger one now called The Legend of Dinosaur George Muldoon which is this sort of Crazy uh, gothic romp and we've got about eight hours of music for it but that yeah so that'll go out hopefully in the next 18 months but the thing is is there's loads of people in their bedrooms there's loads of people you know shut up in their houses and if they if they knew stuff was going on and if they knew there were spaces where they could go develop their stuff and people would would, would come and, and help them realise their dream that's the first step on their mm. on their journey you talk about a journey so Going back to that background, I was always about working with people who, you know, had arrived with issues and difficulties and problems. And it was about hopefully helping them course correct and find a path. So if, if, the, if my pod was about anything, it would be about celebrating community and it would be about the idea that you can do this. Is mm-hmm. a space. Can we get a space? Is anybody out there going to give us a space to rehearse for nothing because we've got no money? And is there anybody who wants to put a show on? Is there anybody going to come and support it? That's what I want to see. And then hopefully, yeah, the community starts to reform and get going again.
0: Yeah, um, is that clear? That, no, that's that's very yeah. clear. Find a friend, find a friend that who, who kind of fits that bracket. You can uh, mess about with with audio, and record a few mock interviews. Right, yeah. listen back to them. Um, when we did Thor's game, we we did a, a couple of little bits. I always remember that like, the first time I ever made the podcast, I did my intro took seventeen takes because I was kind of like, how do I do this? Uh, you know, and uh, I used to make i always make used to make an effort to draw people in with a very big intro and then I, I used to watch Joe Rogan and Joe Rogan just like as you see that spinning head on YouTube his logo and then yeah. he' just be like, okay and we and we're in and I used to love that. he'd be talking as the logo was still spinning and yeah. I used to love that sort of you
1: know. there's a f- the favorite actor of mine called Stephen Burkoff, and he did uh, he did a one man show six Shakespeare villains and he just had him in a bare stage and it was mesmerising and I always remember at the end of the first act he just paused and said and interval (laughs) and that was it and it was like because it was him it was just genius and the command just to take that pause and interval in fact I don't think he said and he just said interval and everybody really, it's the interval fine thanks for that go for
0: wondered <laughs> <up. laughs> and,
1: and i think there's there's some people again go back you know like peter Brook talks about the empty space you know this whole idea is that you know the the job of the of the uh, the podcast host or the actor is to mesmerize and, and fascinate so i think you've you've really got to grab people's attention and that's the difference between a good actor and a great actor is they fascinate um something like Ian mckellen McKellen's just oh. done this thing, uh, a one-man show, just him talking about his life, a box of props. Talks, I saw the trailer for that. On unbelievable! Facebook. There's a whole bunch of words Stage going, him. You
0: shall not pass. And I was like, as if he brought that to the no. stage, like. but he did it. And he <laughs> yeah. got he got
1: some young girl up from out the audience to come and do the sword and stuff. And mm. and he was just he, just a genius. And I think it's that thing is like, he's fascinating. What's what's he got? How does he do that? You mm. know, it's because he's worked his game and he's done all these. Different things, and he's able to bring it into the moment, and and he fills that empty space. And he f- and Burkhoff did it. There was once st- a moment where he's he's walking the corridors of Elsinore, if you know how. And he just did this mime where he's walking these corridors for miles, and in your imagination, you're seeing it. And mm. all he's doing is walking in a certain way, and like going around mock staircases up and up. And you get the sense from what he's doing of this huge space. Mm. That is genius.
0: Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah yeah and embrace your genius guys embrace your genius Well, cool. oh, this is this is meant this is meant to be a podcast workshop but we just we kind of covered everything it's, we should go call us, um uh stew's digression there we go this is it digression i and think that's, life that's,
1: that's is the... just a series of digressions isn't it that yeah. take you somewhere more interesting <laughs> than where you're intended to go <laughs> that's what life is digression i
0: like that we should put that in
1: a t shirt digression i think it's the great uh, it's that's what i'm gonna call my podcast digression digression <laughs> that'd be great great. (sighs) what's your personal philosophy of life
0: Uh, digression <laughs> if you want to start a podcast, get in touch with me and I'll help you out in any way you can. I've had a few people get in touch with me, but like, I want to start a podcast. And what I've done is I've set up like a mock Amazon play, uh, Amazon shopping list of things they'll need and just send it to them. Or if you need help on learning how to edit or how to use the software or um how to create logos, think little silly things that I, I can help you with. I'm I'm willing to help you. Um, you know because I feel like there's like I said there's eight billion people out here, that's sixteen billion ears. You know there's lots and lots of people like you know um, and you know I've, I think it's got there's lots of good values to, to doing what we do you know and especially when it comes to communication I, I, away from this microphone if you guys could understand I'm a blithering idiot like I really am especially in public I'm kind of like uh, you know You're not i, I I've, I've got me uh, Mike Perkins um, who's coming on the show soon and made me cry in a coffee shop a couple of weeks ago a couple of days ago uh, a couple of weeks unless it's going out I was sat in um, in house coffee in Shrewsbury doing some editing right uh, an hour before Timmy had gone to gone to school and Charlie Adlard is local co-creator of The Walking Dead he's been on the show a few times he knows who I am he's been on the show a few times and he's over there with this chap over the other side of the coffee shop right? and they're getting up to leave and I am t- and I notice him like hey all right, carry on and I notice this guy walking across the way and he grabs my hand he shakes my hand he's like oh mate I I really like your podcast I've just moved to Shrewsbury uh, from the States he's a British guy he's moved to he's like I really like your show it's really helped me acclimatise to the town thank you very much Um, my name is Mike Perkins I'm the head illustrator on Swamp Thing and I work with DC Comics and I was just like what (laughs) uh, see I knew you were a cartoon (laughs) and then Charlie comes over and he's like hi Alex how's it going and I'm chatting to Charlie and I'm chatting to my new friend Mike we were just met, and I'm chatting to these guys, and they, they, it was really nice. And they walked out, and nobody around me had understood what was how important yeah. this was to me that these people come over. And and I was just like, I was so overwhelmed, the tear rolled down my cheek, I wiped it away. That's kind of like that was weird, <laughs> amazing, but weird, you know. So, uh, Mike's coming on the show, look, for, look forward to that one. Um, so he's coming around next week, I would be good, awesome.
1: Well, I've enjoyed it. Thank you for taking the time to take me on a whistle stop tour of the world of Pod.
0: It's um. <laughs> It's a difficult one. It is a difficult one because I, I digress. I digress. I don't think that's a problem. Hello, listeners, and thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Shrewsbury Biscuit podcast. There is so much you can get involved with the, sh- with the show. Uh, we have our YouTube, Vintage Biscuit. They're released every Sunday, and they are classic episodes of the Shrewsbury Biscuit. We've been going for over 300 episodes, and we thought we would utilise youtube in a way that we never have before by releasing those classic episodes every sunday if you subscribe to the shrewsbury biscuit podcast youtube channel you will and hit that bell button at the top you'll be notified every time there's a new episode released you can also follow the shrewsbury biscuit podcast on instagram you can follow us on facebook and on twitter as well i'm not brilliant on twitter but instagram and facebook is definitely where it's at and you'll get all the uh, or the gossip where we are what we've been up to great pictures uh episode art you'll be told when the episodes are released and you'll get the links there as well you can listen to the show on spotify itunes and you can listen to us on podbean you can even tell alexa siri or google home to play an episode of the shoes with biscuit and it will do as it's told and finally check out our website which is www.theshrewsburybiscuitpodcast.co.uk and that's made for us by our friends at web orchard if you need a website make sure you check out web orchard and they will make you a fantastic website that looks just as cool as ours if not cooler because they are brilliant at what they do right thank you for listening to this episode and we'll catch you next time peace out guys